The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. With inflation eating all of our money up, I think now is the time. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. Peter cried out, we're all gonna die. It's my opinion that we all should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues involved with off-grid living. And from time to time, I'll throw in some political comments as well, because I really do feel that our republic is worth saving. And any chance I have to do that, I take it. My goal I wish to accomplish with this show is to make my listeners self-sufficient and also to help them build their faith in God. This show comes to you from the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska in the United States of America. This show is aired on KYAH, 540 AM, Delta, Utah, Utah's Talk Authority. It can also be heard on 89.3 FM, Key Radio in Osage Beach, Missouri. And on shortwave, it can be heard on WRMI, Radio Miami International. This show is also a podcast available on demand by these services. Anchor, Spreaker, PodPoint, and PodPage. And I thank you so much for tuning in. And welcome aboard, everybody. I'm glad you're here today for this show. And I've had quite a day. I don't like to make the show about me because I really want the show to be about you and helping you get to where you want to be, whether it be off-grid or self-sufficient or whatever that may be. For whatever reason you listen to my show, I want to be helpful. And I don't want to have things about me, but I've had such a trying day that I think that I've just got to go ahead and get it off my chest because sometimes you just have things that just overwhelm you. And I've had one of those overwhelming days. Well, I'm going to start my story by telling everybody that I truly am a one-man show. I do all my own research, my own recording, my own editing, my own distribution. Everything is done by me. Nothing is done by anyone else. I do have some people that help me with voiceovers. My grandson, Loki, every once in a while I sneak him in. And my daughter-in-law, Monica, 
and my son Jim do voiceovers for me. And at the end of the show, I have a dear friend named Suzanne McCall from Canada, and she does the Thunderbolt West media sign-off at the very end of the show. But other than that, it's just me. And when it comes to my farming operation, it's just me. I do all my own everything. Veterinary work, fencing, farming, the haying, the planting, the harvesting. I do it all just by myself. And also, I'm an entertainer. I've done music for years. And, of course, you might have guessed I'm a one-man band. And so everything that I do, I have to really balance it out real well to get it done. And to get these shows recorded and uploaded to the radio stations on time, I have to really walk a tightrope every once in a while. And usually I can skate through pretty good because I can find a window of opportunity to go ahead and record the show. And then within a day or two, I can get back to it and edit it and get it out to the radio stations. Well, as I record the show tonight, I have a deadline of tomorrow night to have it done. And I have a whole bunch of hay down that needs to be raked and baled tomorrow. So tomorrow is all spoken for. And I've worked really hard today out in the hay field. And so here it is almost midnight and I have to sneak in a show. And the reason I'm giving you that background is to tell you how my day went. What a crazy world we live in. I was in the hay field. You would think that in the hay field you'd be very safe. And I'm on my old tractor, and I'm getting ready to move machinery from one field to another. And all of a sudden, here comes all this law enforcement, sheriff deputies, and policemen, and state patrolmen come whizzing in, just scads of them, right at my field. And then the ambulances started rolling in. And, of course, their sirens were going, and they were going, had to be going 100 miles an hour in town. I mean, they were really flying. And I do hay for a business that some friends own. And they have about five acres that they need mowed and baled. And this field is right at the edge of their storefront. Well, everything went to the store. And so I knew my friends were in trouble. I thought that I knew something awful had happened. And I thought my friends were in horrible trouble. So instead of going the other way, of course, I started heading the tractor in as fast as I could go safely on the tractor. And right before I got there, I stopped and I thought, you know, there's so much law enforcement here. They've got it handled. I'm just going to be in the way. So I turned the tractor around and, and headed it back the other way. And I knew that something awful had happened. I knew that someone got hurt or killed. And the only thing that's going through my head was another mass shooting. Another gunman has done something stupid. Well, I was right on that account. A gunman had done something very stupid. An 84-year-old man here in this town shot someone else multiple times. And I guess that person's still alive, but in very critical condition. Well, then he had to drive right to my hayfield, right to the edge of my hayfield right at the storefront of this business. And he pulled out his gun, and the employees came running out. And I saw the employees running out. That's where I started heading in. I thought, you know, if there's trouble, I, I want to go help. But anyway, as the cops showed up, the guy turned the gun on himself, and he shot himself in the chest. And so 
that's how my day has went today. It's been <laughs> bizarre to say the least. And when I got home, I found out that my dogs that I love very much decided to have a party in honor of my absence. And somehow they got up on the counters and they got into the cupboards. And anyone that's had a dog party in your house knows what I found. Ripped up bags of food everywhere and my computer was on the floor. My internet was all disconnected and my router was laying on the floor. So I've had one of those days. And then I realized that I only have about 12 hours to get a show recorded and edited and to distribute it to all the radio stations. So, off to the studio I go. And such is the life of a one-man show. I had everything so planned out, so perfect, how this show is going to go. And then I have to get rattled really hard before I come in and record. So, today's going to be a little helter-skelter, but I think... Most of my shows are anyway, so I guess you won't notice too much of a difference. What I really want to talk about on this show today is I think it's time. I think that if you've been waiting for solar gear or wind chargers or anything like that to get technology better and for the price to come down, it's time to quit waiting. We're losing the value of our dollar every second. And I think that research and development is going to take a huge hit. I don't think we're going to see a lot of huge improvements in solar or wind power for the next several years. And I think we're going to get knocked off grid. They're already talking about rolling blackouts. And so I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just giving you my opinion. And my opinion is, pull the trigger. If you're thinking of going off grid, do it now. And that goes for everything. If you've been thinking about getting a stockpile of food, do it now. I don't think we have any time to spare. I think we're right at that time in our history, whether you're going to either be a have or a have not. And it's going to be up to you whether you're a have or a have not. If you have the money and you haven't acted on anything and you're still just on the fence, the people who are on the fence are going to get knocked off the fence and they're not going to like it. And the people who are in the middle of the road are going to get run over. That's just what happens when you're in the middle of the road. And so a lot of this show is going to be centered around it's time. It's time you made up your mind. And as a listener was talking about Napoleon Hill, about planning your work and working your plan, it's time to do that. It's way past time for you to plan your work, but better late than never. But it's really time to start working your plan. If I'm wrong and I steer you wrong and you do things that really aren't necessary because of something I said, well, I'm not going to apologize for it because I'm giving you what my heart tells me to give you. And if it happens to not be correct, well, I hope that you've learned a skill or at least learned how to work a plan from the exercise of following some of my guidelines. And also, my voice is kind of odd tonight because I've been out in a lot of pollen. I've been mowing hay in grasses that are about three feet tall. And as the sickle would cut the stem of grass, 
it would throw a puff of pollen in the air. So I've been driving with all sorts of pollen all day, so I'm just full of pollen. And you might say, well, I should wear a mask. To that, I got to say, are you kidding me? I'll never wear a mask again for anything. I never wore a COVID mask, not once. You might say that I'm too proud for my own good here, but masks have a stigma for me right now. Now, I might put on a bandana or something like that, but a mask, a dust mask or anything, not on your life. Won't do it. Right now, I think wearing a mask is a symbol of slavery. Now, I may be wrong, but that's how I feel. And I've learned a long time ago that I have to follow my own feelings. And most people know by just trial and error that they need to trust their gut, trust their first hunch. And my gut tells me never wear a mask. And so that's where I'm at. But I do apologize for my voice being a little odd tonight. But anyway, as I was thinking about today's show, before all the ruckus broke loose and distracted me so hard, I was thinking really strong about the timing of everything. And I see that our economy is faltering. Everything's being held up like a house of cards, and the wind is starting to blow. And I don't see anything holding this up. I think that the governments around the world are printing all sorts of fiat dollars that are worth nothing. And if you look at Venezuela, you'll see where we're heading. And it's not pretty. What the people have to do in Venezuela is almost like what they had to do in Germany before World War II. They need to have a bushel basket full of money to buy a loaf of bread. And let's say you have $10,000 in the bank and you've worked really hard and you've slaved to save that $10,000. Well, what happens when that $10,000 is worth $100? You've lost all that time and effort. And so right now, I really do believe that if you're saving money to go off grid, go ahead and go off grid. Go ahead and pull the hammer and get it done. Because I think you're going to save money in the long run. And you're going to be one of the few that's going to have a guarantee that you're going to have some sort of power. Because if you produce your own, if we don't have an EMP attack, and you take care of your equipment, you ought to produce power for a long time. And so I really urge people to take my advice on this one. If you've been on the fence, get off the fence. If you're eventually going to go off grid, make that eventually much sooner than later. And when it comes to food, we've had so many of our food places, whether they be production facilities or, in the case of that fire up in Minnesota, they had all those hens that got burned up, and that facility produced over a million eggs a day. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Nothing's in a bubble. And everything is going to be touching another thing. It's all interconnected. And then you have... Evergrande, who is China's second biggest real estate developers and companies, they've defaulted on their loans. And so what's going to happen there is that's going to hurt the Asian market, which will hurt our market. And I'm not going to pretend to be a financial advisor. I'm probably the last person on earth you want to 
manage your finances. But I do know this. My money's not worth anything. And if my money's not worth anything, yours isn't either. Just go out and fill your tank up with gas. You'll see what your money's really worth. Or go to the grocery store after you pay your bill and look at the few bags you go home with. You'll know what your money's worth. And believe me, that is going to trickle down everywhere. And the price of shipping is going to go through the roof. It already is very high. But I think in six months, we're going to wish it was as cheap as it is now. Matter of fact, I think we're going to wish for the good old days when gas was $5 a gallon very soon. I see gas hitting $7, $8, $10, $12 a gallon because there's nothing to stop it. All the powers that be, this New World Order satanic bunch of losers, these people are not going to stop until they break everybody. They want us dead broke, and then they want us dead. And they're working really hard at it. And so I, for one, am working very hard to be one of those that they're not going to be able to touch. Therefore, I live off-grid. I forage for my own food. I garden. I try to take everything out of these other people's hands. I don't want them to have a hand in my food. I don't want them to have a hand in my health care. I want these people as far away from me as possible on every issue. And so being self-sufficient to me is not only satisfying because I like to be self-sufficient, it's also satisfying knowing that I'm one of those that's going to fall through the cracks and Klaus Schwab and all these people are not going to be able to control me. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. They may think they can control me, but it would be like herding cats or stacking BBs or maybe something even harder than stacking BBs in the wind. And that's illegitimate Joe having a coherent sentence. I think that's even tougher. But that's another story. I want to move things over just a little bit. Still going to be on the self-sufficient aspect of things. But I decided that I've been giving lots of advice as far as foraging. But I haven't given any facts or information on exactly how good this food is I'm out foraging. And so I'm just going to tell you what I did this morning and what I had for breakfast. And I don't want to bore you. And I'm going to give you some percentages and I'm going to give you some vitamins and minerals and so forth and so on. And anytime I hear that on the radio, I kind of cringe because nobody wants to hear facts and figures and numbers because they're really hard to hold them in. And so I don't want you to memorize any of these numbers or any of these, any of this nutrients that I'm going to mention. Just let it hit you and bounce off of you. But as it hits you and bounces off you, I want you to retain whether it's good or bad. 
That's, that's all the deeper you need to go. This morning, I decided to make myself a breakfast burrito. I had some leftover pork steak from the night before, and so I ground that up, and I added some eggs. And I thought, you know, I want to really spike this up and make it a lot more nutritious. And the night before, I'd harvested one cup of curled duck, and I also harvested one cup of lamb's quarter. What I decided to do is combine the curled duck and the lamb's quarter together and then boil them like you would spinach until they were nice and done, and then drain them, and then add them to my pork and eggs and stir them in, kind of stir-fry it, and then get my tortilla and then make myself the breakfast burrito. Now, before you cringe and say, God, that sounds awful, actually it's not. It's very good. And you really don't taste the curled duck at all, and you might taste the lamb's quarter just a hint. It's more like a spice than it is a main ingredient, and so it's very subtle. And when you cook the one cup and they cook down, you end up with like three-quarters of a cup of cooked greens when you get all done. I'm going to mention some nutritional value of what I added to my meal that was just going to be basically protein with a little bit of carbohydrates. With the addition of the curl dock and the lamb's quarter, the vitamin A I added to this meal, curl dock gives you 38% of your recommended daily allowance. And the lamb's quarter gives you 64. So you add those two together, you get 102%. Adding that to my breakfast burrito, I got a huge amount of vitamin A. And it's all natural. And it was free. And in vitamin C, the curl dock gives you 71% of your recommended daily allowance. And the lamb's quarter gives you 89%. So it's almost like eating an orange, just adding those two ingredients that are very subtle. They don't change the texture of the burrito either, but they do add an awful lot of nutrition. And with the B vitamins, they got B1, B2, B3, B5, B6, and B9. And the highest was 34% of B2 for the lamb's quarter. But I would say the average is around 11 to 12% on all of the B vitamins, which is very good, considering I'm just talking lamb's quarter and curled dock. And you get calcium also from both of these plants. You get 5% of your recommended daily allowance from the curled dock and 24% from your lamb's quarter. And so you get 29% of your daily recommended allowance of calcium right there at breakfast without any dairy products. So if you're dairy intolerant, this may be a great substitution. And with iron, Curl Dot gives you 39% of your daily allowance of iron. Gives 32% of manganese. And Lamb's Quarter gives you 4% of your zinc. Curl dot gives you 19% of your copper. And manganese, you get 20% from your curl dock and 34% from your lamb's quarter. And also, there's protein in curl dock. There's 2.6 grams of protein. And in lamb's quarter, there's 4.2 grams of protein. And so, a meal that already was based on protein 
I ended up adding 6.8 grams of protein, just adding those two greens. And this is something that people call weeds. There's very few greens that you're going to buy at a grocery store that's going to compete with this. Plus, it tastes better than something out of a can. It's fresh, it's good, it's nice. And so while you're out foraging for your food, don't think of it as you're eating weeds. Don't think of it as something that's to be ashamed of. You're taking control of your own health. And if you got anything out of those numbers, just know that the vitamin A and vitamin C alone is massive what you get. And then you get all these other benefits. And so why would you spend all this money on vitamin pills that some of them they claim don't work because they don't dissolve in your stomach when you have things growing at your feet that are just chock full of the same substance that you're shelling out your hard-earned money to buy when it's right there. You already own it. If you have an acreage or a yard or a little weed patch along your driveway, you're going to have some plants that have some very good nutrition. And I know when I was growing up, there was a man called Yule Gibbons, and we liked to make fun of him because he was always telling everyone you could eat anything. He'd point at the trees, and he'd point at the grass, and he'd point at the weeds, and he would try to do basically what I'm doing, only he was really good at it, and he was really well-schooled. And I remember as a kid that every time we'd see a tree, we'd say, hey, we better save that tree from Yule Gibbons. He's going to come eat it. And now here I am sounding like Yule Gibbons, but Yule Gibbons was right. Everywhere you look, God has provided us with nutrition. And if we're going to stay self-sufficient as a nation, we're going to have to outfox and outthink the so-called elite people that want us to eat bugs and own nothing and be happy. And part of that own nothing and being happy is not being able to afford anything. So, again, buy your things now while you can afford it and become self-sufficient. And we can beat these people that are trying to ruin our whole society. They're trying to bring down mankind as a whole all over the planet. But what they don't understand is that we the people are not stupid. We the people are just as intelligent as the so-called elites And I think the elites are handicapped because I think they believe their own press. When the press says how smart they are and how nice they are and how good they are and how great they are, they believe it. And anybody will tell you, never believe your own press. Because if you start believing your own press, then you're a megalomaniac and you're not trainable, not teachable in any way. And That's your first step towards destruction, is believing your own press. And all these so-called elites, they own the mass media. They own all the news networks. They own the mainstream everything. And so the mainstream just bends over and scrapes and bows, and all they do is try to compliment them so they can be in their good graces. And then these stupid elites actually believe what the mainstream media is saying about them. When in all reality, they most likely bought and paid for the newscast that is telling the people how great these elite people are. So again, they believe their own press. 
I'll bring you other nutritional aspects of some of the things I'm foraging. But I thought combining those two was a very powerful, potent group of vitamins and minerals that will help me. And I really do believe that. And I think we all have to stay in shape. We have to be healthy. We have to eat healthy. And when you're out foraging, as long as you're not foraging in a ditch where they spray or near someone that is spraying or in a field that's been sprayed, as long as it's territory that's untouched, then you're getting organic food. You're getting natural food. You're getting food the way God meant it to be and how God meant your body to be able to assimilate and digest. And so I'm really big on foraging. I think everyone needs to do it. And before I go on break, I do want to mention this about foraging. Lots of people think that if you go out and forage, then that is your main course, or that has to be a side dish. And nothing could be further from the truth. If you can sneak in some curled duck and some lamb's quarter and some dandelion and and other different things you can forage, sneak that in as an ingredient in something else. You don't have to sit down to a whole plate full of curled dock. Even though it doesn't taste bad, you don't want to eat a whole plate of it. Because if your system's not used to it, well, your system will react, and it'll act like a mild laxative if you eat a whole plate of it. But if you eat it in moderation, you have no kind of trouble like that. And so what I do with my foraging is I go out and forage, and sometimes I will have a salad out of the things I forage. And I just use regular salad dressing. I like blue cheese dressing. And, of course, it's not healthy for you, but I like the taste of it. And I use ranch dressing. Sometimes I use French dressing. And every once in a while, oil and vinegar or Italian. But for the most part, blue cheese and ranch is pretty much what I use. And you can believe this. When you go out and forage and you wash it off good, and you chill it like you would lettuce or anything you'd buy at a store and keep it crisp, then you can add tomatoes and onions and whatever you want to add, or you can just keep it a natural salad, put some salad dressing on it, and it's absolutely delicious. And you won't have any sensation that you're eating something that's weird. You're just eating something that's really fresh and really good. But if you're new to foraging and eating foraged foods, I would suggest that you do things like I do with mine. Instead of using lettuce on your hamburger, use some curled dock. Works great. And a lot of people cringe at the thought of eating thistles because thistles have those bad spines on them. Well, you don't eat those. And it is hard to process thistles. That's one thing I don't mention them very often. They're very nutritious and they taste awesome. And One thing you have to understand is any plant that has to have a defense system like a cactus or a thistle that has the spines to keep things from eating it, then you know it has to taste real good to have that kind of protection or else it would all be eaten up. But anyway, with thistles, what I do is I take a pair of scissors, and I'm wearing gloves, of course, and I cut the feathery type leaf off right down to the backbone or the spine, whatever you want to call it of the thistle. And I'm left with something that looks kind of like celery because there's no leaves on it. It's just the stemmy part of the leaf and it's real crisp and crunchy. It tastes really fresh, really good. You just dip those into your favorite vegetable dip 
and you'll love them. The only thing I don't like about the thistles is the processing of them. It takes forever for what you get, but what you get is very good, very nutritious. And so you can add some of these things to your diet little by little. If you're making a salad, you can add one or two foraged plants in with your regular salad. If you're boiling some rice, you can add a half cup or so of lamb's quarter and stir it in with your rice, and it will color the rice a little bit on the green side, but it won't change the taste of the rice at all, but it'll really enhance the nutritional value. And that's what this is all about, is making yourself healthier and more self-sufficient. And on the other side of the break, I'll come back and pick up where I left off. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea.
second half of the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. And today we're talking about pulling the trigger and going ahead and going off grid or buying that survival food, anything that needs to be done, something you've been planning on doing. The time for waiting is over. I don't think we have any time left. Now, this big catastrophe just might not happen. But the inflation is definitely happening, and it's definitely going to get worse. And so for that reason alone, I think it's time to go ahead and go off grid if you're already planning on it. And buy that survival food if that's something you've been planning to do anyway. If you're waiting for the prices to come down, I think that you're going to have a very long wait. And I think you're going to be very disappointed. But at the same time I go to do a show, there's always something that comes up worldwide that's just absolutely phenomenally evil and crazy. And what's happening right now in the news is all these drag queen story time. Parents are bringing their children and placing their children on the laps of these pedophiles. While the pedophiles make me sick, the parents actively bringing their children to put them on the laps of the pedophiles makes me much sicker. We have a lot of sickness in this country right now. A lot of it. Mental sickness. And it's brought on by being brainwashed by the mainstream media and all, the, and all that political correct movement and the woke movement and all these things that are just insane. And they're all designed to bring mankind down. The people that come up with this stuff, they're probably sitting back laughing that there's actually people that are taking it to heart, thinking that there's more than two genders. People are willing to fight you over that. And it's just crazy. And the reason I'm bringing this up at this time of the show is that if you've been thinking about homeschooling, now is the time. If the reason you're not homeschooling is because you're afraid of what your family might think or what your neighbors might think or what your friends might think, just understand this. It's your child. And your child is your responsibility. And right now, you have the perfect excuse for homeschooling. Just show them a picture of one of these drag queen story time child abuse events. Because schools are embracing that. They're bringing that into the schools. Maybe not the school your children attend, but it's coming. It's a fad right now is to bring a pedophile into your school. And I think it's absolutely sickening. And so if someone says, oh, you shouldn't homeschool, what about socialization? Say, you know what? What about drag queen story time? And what kind of socialization is that? You need to take charge of your own family. You need to homeschool. There's no excuse not to. None whatsoever. Because the old saying goes, where there's a will, there's a way. And if you don't homeschool and you say you want to, but you won't because you say you have too many things that are in the way, you just don't have enough will to make it happen. And you're possibly not willing to sacrifice anything to make it happen. And your whole life is a sacrifice. Your whole life is a process. You have to plan everything out. And like I mentioned earlier with Napoleon Hill, then work your plan. 
if you just give lip service to homeschooling and say, yeah, someday I'm going to homeschool my kid, but you never do anything about it, that someday will never come. But now is the time. Now is the time to get your children out of all the schools. Get them out. The evil that's happening right now in our schools is beyond belief. And I know there's good teachers out there that I offend. But this is directed at the good teachers. Don't you understand that what is happening is the ruination of your profession? These people that are administrators and things that are bringing in these drag queens into these schools may not be into your school, maybe not even in your state. But the whole idea of that happening in your profession is ruining the profession for everybody. It won't be long before teacher is going to be an absolute bad, dirty word. It's going to be something that will not taste good in anyone's mouth, where just the opposite should be true. Teachers should be the most revered people on the planet. And at one time they were. But teachers aren't teaching anymore like they used to. They're too busy indoctrinating instead of educating. And if you're an educator and you are offended by that, just understand that you are an educator. So you need to educate. And maybe you need to get a job at a private school or start your own. Because just like if you have a barrel of water that's pure, you put one bad drop of water in that pure water, you put one little drop of contamination, it'll contaminate that whole barrel of water. But if you have a whole barrel full of contaminated water and you put a drop of fresh water into that barrel, it's still contaminated water. And so to the good teachers out there, you might be one of those good fresh drops of water, but you're being put inside a contaminated barrel. Maybe it's time for you to find a different barrel to be in. Because the world does need educators. The world does not need indoctrination centers. So I guess I'll take it to the next step here. If you're a teacher and you're a good one, it's time. It's time for you to jump ship. It's time for you to grab control of your own destiny and be an educator. And don't try to fix something that's beyond your control. There's nothing mankind is going to do that's going to fix the broken education system we have. It's not an education system at all. It's an indoctrination. It's also a place of disinformation, trying to confuse kids of what gender they are. And it's a lot of evil going on in the public schools. And it seems like it's like a cancer. It's spreading. And as long as I'm picking on professions here, I saw all these police today and they were doing their job. And God bless the good patrolmen out there and the good officers. But your profession, if that's what you are as a law enforcement officer, your profession is being absolutely ruined by all the bad cops all over the world that are, that are being tyrants and are working for illegitimate governments that are putting out mandates that are against the law. And so it's time for the policemen to stand up and do what's right. The shooting in Uvalde proves that. You have one coward that was a police chief that ordered all of the policemen to stand down. And from what I understand, it was over 70 minutes, something like 75 minutes. The shooter is in there shooting kids, 
and the cops were out cowering out there in the parking lot. And the cops might say, well, you go in there if you think you're so tough, big man. Well, if that was my job and I swore an oath to do it, I guarantee you I would have been in that school. Maybe I would have got shot, but that comes to the territory. You know that when you sign up, that you could be a target. That's why you do the training. And so I won't have that as an excuse. Now, I am going to cut the average rank-and-file police officer in Uvalde a break because they were following orders. But there comes a time when you have to say the, tell the people that gave you these bad orders that they're wrong and risk being fired or suspended and do what you know is right. That's one thing that's wrong with this planet right now is nobody wants to do what's right. They want to just pass the buck and say, well, I don't, it wasn't my idea. I was doing what they said to do. It's time for you to think for yourself and do for yourself. You know, this whole show is about off-grid and more than that, being self-sufficient. So it's time for you to be self-sufficient with your own thinking. Take control of your own thoughts and your own actions. If you're a man, be a man. Man up. If you're a woman, be a woman. Don't try to be a man. Don't try to be something you're not. Be a woman. That's what you're born to be. And if you're a man, be a man. That's what you're born to be. It's time to declare the emperor has no clothes and point that out. And anyone that still thinks the emperor is fully clothed when he's naked, you have to give up on them. They're that brainwashed. They're just, they're gone. So it would be better for us to concentrate on those who are awake and those who are trainable than to try to constantly wake up these people that are brain dead, that are just basically zombies. There's nothing we can do for them. Now, maybe down the line, something will happen to wake them up that they have to do with inside themselves. But I think it's time for us not to be too worried about these people because they are obviously not worried about themselves. I'm going to move on to the garden vegetables that I'm doing, and I'm going to tell you why I'm doing them. I just got through planting over 300 squash plants. You might say, wow, that's a lot of squash. I do what's called dryland gardening in my squash, and so if I get half of them to produce, I'll be happy. And so I purposely overplanted, and I also plan on giving squash away to families that are going to need food this winter. And as far as I'm concerned with my own personal situation, is that I'm so busy, as I explained earlier, being a one-man show on everything I'm doing. When it comes time to harvesting, when everything's ready to harvest, I'll be able to harvest it just fine. But the storing of it, the canning, the things that take up a whole lot of time, it's a luxury I don't have. And so I personally plant things that I can dry or put in a cellar or things that traditionally keep like onions and squash and pumpkins and things like that are very good keepers. Of course, some types of onions keep better than others. But as far as the squash, you get the right varieties of squash and they'll last for eight, nine months. And you can substitute squash for potatoes. And sometimes I put the two together. I'll put half of a squash and two or three potatoes. 
and I'll make hash browns, or I will mash them up and make mashed potatoes and mashed squash together. And the potatoes actually outpower the squash. So it kind of stretches your potatoes out. But I'm planting dry beans and field corn. What I mean by field corn is it's not sweet corn. Now you can eat it like sweet corn when it's young, but if you want it to have a flavor like sweet corn, you have to add some sugar. And field corn is notoriously tougher than sweet corn. Sweet corn is much easier to chew and it has a lot less starch as far as the outer covering of the corn. So you might say, well, why am I growing it? Well, I have livestock, and I plan on feeding the cows some corn. Also, when corn dries down, if you store it right, keep the bugs out, it'll keep for a long time. And I have the ability to make my own cornmeal. And if I want to take it one step farther than that, I can make corn flour. And so I can make my own tortillas and my own cornbread and things like that. There's all sorts of things you can do with dried corn. And the beauty of it is, is it dries out on the plant. And so when you harvest it, it's already dry. You combine the amount of corn that I have with the amount of squash that I hopefully get. I may get really sick of corn and squash, but I'm not going to go hungry. And also I planted dry beans, and the beans are protein. And I also planted some potatoes and parsnips and things that can keep in a root cellar and carrots. And I also have quite a few tomato plants and some hot peppers. Now, hot peppers are pretty easy because what I do is I harvest the peppers and just simply pickle them in apple cider vinegar. And I don't do anything special. And they keep really well. And I have a lot of varieties. I have some habaneros, which I really like, and jalapenos, which I really like, and several other peppers that I don't remember the name of. They're kind of a new type of a hybrid thing. And I try to stay away from the hybrids. I try to go with open pollinated. But the place that I bought my peppers from, they were out of all the heirloom peppers and all they had were the hybrids. So I ended up getting kind of a, what you would call a variety pack of peppers. I did plant some green beans, which will have to be traditionally canned. But that's the only thing I planted that will have to be traditionally canned. That way it frees up more time for me to do other things. Because at the time of harvesting the garden, I'll be working with my cows quite a bit at that time. Plus, I will have to be getting the hay inside the barns and things for winter. And again, I'm a one-man show, so I have to haul it all in and lift it all up into the hay mow and then drag it across the hay mow and pile it and then go get another bale and start all over again. And sometimes I work all day and only get 50 or 60 bales up because it just wears me out. But that's 50 or 60 bales that are up, and then next day I can get 50 or 60 more. And after two or three weeks, I'll have it all done. But you probably can understand that a lot of the traditional canning and and different ways of keeping your food from spoiling are very time-consuming for someone that doesn't have the time. But this year I redoubled my efforts because I truly do feel that we're heading towards some sort of catastrophe that's going to end up hurting us as far as our pocketbook and also our ability to feed our families. 
and there's not going to be any way I'm going to help anybody later on down the line with food if I don't grow it myself. And we're all being treated like cattle by the so-called elites, the New World Order people. doesn't matter where. On the planet right now, everybody that's not one of the power structure elites, we're just cannon fodder. We're just cattle. And they're farming us. And they're farming us in our face. And if you don't see that, I really am sorry that you don't see it, but they really are farming us. And I, for one, I'm a farmer, but I don't like to be farmed, and I'm not going to be farmed if I can help it. Sonable West Media Production. So if we want to save small-town America, it's time. It's time we do that. If we want to save our local economies, it's time. We have a choice right here. We're either going to do it or we're not. And we can sit there and have lip service all day long, just like all the senators and all these other corruptocrats in Washington, D.C. They all swear an oath and say that they will defend the Constitution. But yet it's those people who are doing their best to tear the Constitution into shreds. But yet they say that they're defending it. Well, which is it? Well, it's obvious they're tearing it into shreds. And so they don't care anything about we the people. They're in it for themselves. And so we have to understand that that's what we're up against, a bunch of megalomaniac people who are narcissists, who are very selfish and want to have all of the resources to them. Because, of course, they're elites and they need to have the resources. What we are is just bottom feeders or, worse yet, worthless eaters. We're just things to be farmed. They can take our organs and sell us on the black market and go out and buy another bass boat. It's just that simple, folks. So recapping this show, I think it's time. I think it's time for everyone to go off-grid who's planning on it. And if you're not planning on going off-grid, I think you need to reconsider your plans and you need to look at all the blackouts that are possibly going to happen. And I really do believe that's one thing I haven't touched on on any show I will take briefly. I think it's very important that we all do our best to keep our minds from being so cluttered and so busy that we can't sleep. Because sleep deprivation is very detrimental. And I have suffered from insomnia quite a bit. And I do know that that's part of the chemtrails, which I was going to mention. I didn't this show. But... Next show, I will do another chemtrail update because the Spanish government's finally admitted that most of us has already known that they are spraying, indeed, with the blessings of the United Nations and the European Union. And I'll get into that more next show. But getting back to the insomnia, there's lots of reasons for not sleeping. So I think that we need to redouble our efforts, whether it find an herbal supplement that'll help you sleep or some soft music, or a nice warm bath, or something like that. Just anything that will induce sleep. Because we're going to need to be as sharp as a tack when this catastrophe that I feel is coming happens. We're going to have to be healthy and have a very clear mind. But I really do enjoy bringing these shows to you. 
And if you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Power and Information show, I would ask that you consider donating to this show because it's only because of donations I'm able to keep the show on the air. And I've got another opportunity to expand. And since I'm a one-man show, I don't have any committees or anybody to impress or anybody to convince. But I found another radio station that I'm planning on putting the show on. And I have to purchase airtime for that. And I was really skeptical when I decided to try this show of as far as anyone going to donate. And there's not a lot of people that do donate, but the ones that do are so precious. And I really appreciate them taking their hard-earned money because I think this program's unique in the fact that I don't do all nuts and bolts. I don't do all watts and just, I don't keep everything on one topic. I try to jump it around and keep it fresh. But I like to keep one foot in the water, so to speak, as far as serving the off-grid community. Because I think the off-grid community is the one that's going to actually help us save humanity. I think the homesteaders, I think the people who are off-grid, we're the ones that are going to be the pioneers. We're the mavericks. And I'm very humbled to be part of that group. And I'm very humbled that you listen to this show. But getting back to the donations... If you'd like to send a donation, I would so much appreciate it. And you can send a money order or check or cash in a secure envelope. And you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163. Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69. One four three, And again, all donations are very much appreciated. Well, once again, thanks for listening. And until next time, everyone, please consider my words. I think it's time. I think it's time to act. The time is now. And I want everyone to stay well and stay well informed. But most of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.